speaking to you about leadership over the last few sessions and I thought it might be helpful just to share with you some of the things I've learned over the years of what to look for when we're going to train leaders and before we release them. Remembering that none of us is perfect, but these are just some of the things we need to look for, see some signs of that in, in their lives. And I'm going to look at Jesus-style leadership in this first session and see what we can learn from that. And I want to really read from Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read the first um, 11 verses. It says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being one like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing. It means that do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not at your own or only at, to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped at, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, <clears throat> being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, as a result of that, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, there are a number of things that I think that are very important. The two biggies that we look at in the life in and through the life of Jesus, but we'll see this continually taught throughout the, the Gospels, the Epistles, or letters of the different writers to the churches, right throughout the Scriptures, the two biggies are, first of all, the, uh, the first one is faithfulness. And we need to look for, to, when we're going to release people or invite them to be trained, with the, the, the view to bringing them onto team, we need to make sure that this we see these signs of them being faithful, faithful to God, faithful to their families, faithful to, to God's call, and faithful even to the cities that they're living in. Uh, you'll see Jesus so faithful at every level. And, and without faithfulness, I mean, faithfulness is a hard thing to find. The, the book of Proverbs tells us that many claim to be faithful, but a faithful man, who can find one? It's very hard to find faithful people. And the second biggie I'm talking about really so important is anointing, faithfulness and anointing. And I'm not just talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon them and their ability to do things, but the anointing to the call and the office of leadership. Uh, so many I've seen over the, the last 50 years, there's so many people in leadership that aren't anointed to be leaders. And they just frustrate people. They just frustrate churches. They frustrate God's sheep. So the two biggies, faithfulness and anointing. Now, bear in mind this truth. You've heard it said so many times. I've said it for 30, 40 years now. Leaders should always be only 
part of the solution and never ever part of the problem. But so often leaders are actually part of the problem and so seldom are so, so many leaders, so, they're so seldom part of the solution. So leaders should always be part of the, pro the solution and not part of the problem. And secondly, our choice of leaders, those that we choose in leadership, uh, if we, that, that, the choice of leadership will determine how long, how effective we'll be and how long that effectiveness will last. Choose the right men, right people, and we'll have effectiveness and it'll be long-lasting effectiveness. Choose the wrong ones and we'll have effective, uh, we'll be ineffective and anything that looks like effectiveness won't last for long. So moving on now, just some of the other things that I see that are really important. Uh, we see them in the life of Jesus. I've, I've mentioned the two big ones, faithfulness and anointing. But here's another one that's so important. We see in the life of Jesus, we see this in the Philippian second chapter, but Jesus' vulnerability. <laughs> Think of that. He was God and yet he became a baby. He was, he made himself so, so vulnerable that he was willing to dwell for nine months in a woman's uh, womb and then to be tended and cared for and looked after by her. How vulnerable can you become? This is God. God Almighty, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, uh, so vulnerable, dependent upon his mother. And then we see even at the end, of, towards the end, and that's right throughout his ministry. And then towards the end of his ministry, we see in, in John 13, starting to take off his uh, towel and take the towel and, and wash the feet of his disciples. How vulnerable. And then also we need to be teachable. We find Jesus as a child and it says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 46. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers uh, while listening to them and asking them questions. Isn't that amazing? This is God, the creator. This is the one who knows everything. There's nothing he'll ever be able to learn. And yet he made himself vulnerable and he sat at the, the feet of these teachers and asked them questions and learned from them, listened to them. Be teachable. We, we need to find people that are teachable. And then moving on quickly, dependent upon the Holy Spirit. You see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus did not start his ministry, public ministry, until he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so um, we need to be looking for people who, are, who really are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And then victorious. It's another factor we see in the life of Jesus. We don't want people that are forever in defeat. We're working for people who now had a living victory. Yes, they may have a, uh, the occasional stumble. They may fail here and there, but they're not forever down on their uh, groveling on the ground and always needing uplifting uh, encouragement. They, they've learned to, to be victorious. And you see that in Matthew chapter 4, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when he gets tempted by the, the devil in, in, the, in the wilderness, he comes out victorious and... Uh, he gets led in by the Spirit and he comes out full of the Spirit, victorious, and then bold and courageous. Uh, Jesus was bold and courageous in the face of opposition, a face of trickery, when even faced with the cross. While he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Brave and, and courageous. And then there's another factor we see in the life of Jesus that we need to be looking for in these in potential leaders and that is to be consistent 
In Hebrews 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, what he was yesterday, he is today. What he is today, he will be tomorrow. We're looking for people with consistency. They're not up and down, all over the place, chopping and changing on what they believe. There's got to be a consistency in those that we're looking for to train and release. And uh, the next one quickly, and I'm, I'm hurrying through these. Uh, once again, can I just say this? None of us are perfect in all these things, but these are the characteristics we're looking for in people we're going to train and release. Jesus wanted to do the Father's will. That was above all else. He said that in John chapter 6, verse 38, I've come not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And in John 5, 19, he says, I only do what I see my Father doing. We're looking for people who are saying, is it in the Bible? Is it the way God says it? Is this what God's shown us? Yes, let's do it. Not all the tricks and novel ideas that people are trying to introduce into church today. And then we, we wanted um, uh, only to glorify God's Father, God, God the Father. Um, didn't seek glory for himself. He always pointed people to the Father. And just going back, if I could, for a moment to that last one on doing the Father's will. The Father's will is really revealed to us in the Word of God and by the prophetic Spirit of God working within us or prophesying towards us. So we need to, to look for people like that. And then moving on, he was unswerving. Jesus was unswerving in his purpose. In John chapter 12, verse 27, he says, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, he's, he, the answer is, but for this purpose I came to this very hour. We've got to be unswerving. We're looking for people that are unswerving, that are going to stick to what God has said and what God has called them to do. Another quick little uh, factor is uh, that we're looking for in people that we see in the life of Jesus is unity. He prayed in John 17 that they may be one. And in John 14, he says, I and the Father are one. Jesus lived in unity with the Father and the Spirit. Jesus prayed that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one. And uh, so we want people who know how to be united, not always divisive, always contradicting everything, fighting against, going the wrong way, etc. And then remember this, that Jesus came and, and, and through his life, he prepared people. Well, first of all, he prepared a successor, the Holy Spirit. He prepared the people uh, to be ready to receive the Holy Spirit. In John 14 and John chapter uh, 16, he said that it's expedient that I go, but I want to send the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So we need people who are willing to, to point people to Jesus, yes, but also to be sure they'll be willing to move out of the way when it's time to move out of the way, not wanting to get entrenched in and just live in the luxury of or the, uh, the blessings of, but are willing to move out of the way, preparing uh, for when, for when it, it's time for them to move aside. Sorry about me just trying to find some of these words. I get excited when I think of some of these things. And then another thing we, we see in the life of Jesus and that we need to be looking for in, the, in, in people is that they accept responsibility for their own lives, their past, their present and their future. And therefore, when we, when we are willing to accept responsibility for our own lives, 
then we have our expectation of others is more realistic. We, uh, we don't uh, put on them and expect from them what they can't give us. Uh, now, this is a, we see this in Christ's life, but I'm just going to try to bring it into more people we're looking for. To be submissive. Yes, Christ was submissive to the will of God. But we want people who are submissive, first of all, to Christ and to his word, to the present leadership and to one another in the body of Christ, including spouse if they're married. People also, the next little thing we're looking for is that they are cooperative. They're not always kind of, I've got a better opinion. Well, you go and do this and we'll see how it works out. No, they cooperate. They come in. They're part of the team. And they're caring. We're looking for people who care, care enough to pay the price. To be put out whenever, when it's not convenient, etc. And that are sacrificial. Look for people who sacrifice. And people who've got character with integrity, like Proverbs 11 chapter, verse 3 tells us about integrity. And then we're looking for people with enthusiasm, like Jesus had said, zeal for my father's health is our house has consumed me. We want people who, who are enthusiastic. First of all, they're enthusiastic about God. Secondly, they're enthusiastic about his people, the church. With all its faults, they're still enthusiastic. Thirdly, they're enthusiastic about his wonder works, and what he's doing in the earth today, that he's still in control, and they're enthusiastic about his ways. Now, these are some of the most important things, I think, there's going to be some more that I'd like to add in. Um, maybe I can touch one or two of them when I look. I've got another two or three minutes here. Uh, but this is now moving. Um, maybe I can... I've, some of these things will I will have said before, but I'm going to say them again here. They must be keen, enthusiastic, caring, concerned. Not anxious, but concerned about the church, the way the church lives, that the, the way Christians speak, the, the lack of faith. There needs to be some sense of concern that God can stir up and help them to find ways to help by the Spirit of God, all those anointed, creative involvements of the Holy Spirit in our lives to change things and concerned about God's glory that when Preachers are taking the glory. They're concerned about that. We're looking for those kind of people um, that are kingdom-minded, wanting to see Christ crowned as King, Lord, served with all their heart, not making people servants to themselves or others, but to Christ the King. And uh, to be kingdom-minded, we've got to be willing to put truth above, before tradition and above uh, tradition and, con and conformity to Christ before comfort. And then... We need to be flexible and teachable. The church is organic. It's not organized. And so this, the church is in constant change. And we want people who are willing to, to change. And they've got to have, I want to say this, this characteristic carefully, they need to be success orientated. And that, I'm talking about success God's way. Uh, people who believe and know that the the church will triumph in spite of what's coming against it. No matter what's happening, they know that the church will triumph. Um, people who won't settle down in failure and mediocrity, kingdom success orientated, who don't put themselves and their comforts 
about the sheep or, or serving God. And then there's another little factor that needs to develop more and more in all of us, but there has to be, we need to, to, people who are going to be in leadership that are decisive, with the ability to see the future, see forward, scope, and, and see where this is going to go. This decision we make now, where is it going to end up in a week, a, week, a month, two years' time? Uh, we need those people that are decisive, able to make decisions after considering all the circumstances, the ramifications, all the information, other people's perspectives, etc. Et but they, they, they make a decision with wisdom, um, seeing what lies ahead, not influenced by public opinion or popular demand. Also, that they may be that they committed, committed to Christ, to the leadership, to prayer, faithful in their marriages, no hidden agendas, an example, a giver, not a getter, a goer, not merely a gatherer. Cooperative, as I said earlier on, and I touched this in in that first that, uh, in the beginning, that they teachable, trusty, trusting, trustworthy, team-minded, and that they consistent, like Jesus, who are stable and yet available, clear-conscienced. They shun every, even the appearance of evil, as, as 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 22 says, uh, even the appearance of evil. And they, in the, the 1 Timothy 3, chapter 3, verse 1, right through those verses, that this context, I'm talking about that they're maturing. They're not, the, they're not just staying the same. They're not just childish. They're growing up in Christ. And that they're generous which is a major factor, generosity, not just uh, always holding on. And so, folk, I trust that those things will be helpful to you. I feel like I've hurried them, but uh, I'm trying to keep these messages short because I know that all of you are busy. But bear this in mind, I'm sharing these things, not because I don't have anything better to do, but because God has raised me up, called me, challenged me to keep preaching, promised me effective ministry till, till I die, and that he called me, by and large, major part of my call has been to raise up, help, train, equip leaders so that they may be fruitful that, and their ministries and their churches may be fruitful. Seeing a great harvest coming in for Christ who is worthy of everything. We love him and because we love him, we do these things for him in cooperation with him by the power of the Spirit in accordance with the Word of God. So God bless you and I pray God's blessing on you at every level of your life, every day, everywhere, and your family as well. In Jesus' name.